Today is Opiate Squared. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where finally I get to talk about film and music. So the band Tool has decided to re-release their reimagined version of Opiate, which they put out March 10th, 1992, 30 years ago. Um, today they released, it's called Opiate Squared. It is a reimagined, they, I, they went in and re-recorded it. If you saw them on their 2016 uh, to 17 tour, which I did, they do uh, an extended version of the song, and then they have some footage, and then if you saw them recently, you probably saw a little bit of the video footage. Now, the video is going to be released on March 18th. It's going to have a Blu-ray-only visual companion. Um, it's their first video in 15 years since Vicarious. Adam Jones worked with visual artist Dominique Hellstrom, who did Alien Convent and The Eel, on the new 10-minute plus film. Hellstrom also worked with Jones on the visuals on the show on the band's current Fear Inoculum tour. So it's all interconnected. The physical release will be housed in a 48-page art book with behind-the-scenes and making of photos, as well as interviews and insights from special guests. Tool have also announced a vinyl release of Fear Inoculum, five LP, each with music on one side and an etching on the other, with a picture book and a hard shell box due to arrive on April 8th. Get those pre-orders in. So, Opiate, you know, those songs, uh, one of my late friends from college, we would always kind of sit and kind of figure out what what is tool talking about and then we started to realize these songs basically mean whatever they mean to you versus the actual intent of the song what what was the songwriter writing about so um the original opiate is a song by tool from their debut ep also called opiate recorded in 1991 in 1992, released March 10th, 1992, recorded uh, by producer Sylvia Massey at Sound Steady Studios. The song's title and lyrics apparently elaborate on the Marxist concept that religion is the opium of the masses. Keenan's lyrics like religion to rape and abuse by a person of a group or okay, yeah, it's kind of along the lines of Jonestown. Um, now, the original had Paul Damore, who was the original bassist for Tool. Later, James Keenan had dedicated the song to psycho, uh, psychologist and author Timothy Leary on multiple occasions. Okay. Because now, Justin Chancellor is in the band. And so with Opiate Squared, Justin Chancellor is on bass, and he has made these bass lines his own. I've those of you, we probably have all seen the clips of the soon-to-be-released video. But if you saw them on tour, a lot of that footage is under your noses, which is, you know, that's how Tool is. It's all about the visuals, and I don't think a lot of Tool fans or Tool aficionados know that, you know, Adam Jones started out in film. Adam Jones was a guitar player. Uh, went to the same school as Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. But really his experience is visual effects and set design. 
in the film industry. His film work, let's go over here. Oh, see, I didn't know this. This could be fact or fiction. Let's, let, we'll have to consult the masses. Jones was offered a film scholarship but declined and chose to move to Los Angeles to study art and sculpture. His interest shifted to film. He began to work as a sculptor and special effects designer where he learned the stop-motion camera techniques he would later apply in Tool's music videos. Sober, Prison Sex, Stink Fist, Anima, Schism, Parabola, and Vicarious. He graduated in 1997. After graduation, he went to work as Rick Lazzarini's character shop. During the next couple of years, he worked for the TV show The Monsters. He designed and fabricated a Grim Reaper, Reaper makeup and a zombie head on a spike, later used in Ghostbusters 2, among others. After that, he went to work at Stan Winston, legendary Stan Winston, special effects workshop where he worked on Predator 2, sculpting a unique-looking skull for the Predator spaceship interior. Jones worked in several other films in Hollywood, doing makeup and set design, including Jurassic Park, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Dances with Wolves, and Ghostbusters 2. He did the Freddy Cougar in the womb makeup for Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, as well as work for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. He also worked on commercials for Salad Dressing, never aired, Olympic Paints and Stairs, Albert Einstein makeup, and Duracell boxers and taxi cabs. But really, it, Adam Jones has said that when they, when Tool signed with a, a, the label that they signed with, that's when he stopped working on films and dedicated it to music, but also the, the visual aspects of the band. Jones created the cover and inside uh, liner art for many of Tool's albums, also the re-release of Peaches Giving Birth to a Stone, on which Jones's fellow Tool member, Justin Chancellor, played bass. He helped the band Green Shelly with their stage personas and clothing designs. In 2007, he received the Grammy Award for Best Recording Package as art director for his work on 10,000 Days. Jones came up with the makeup the actors wore on the videos for Schism and Parabola Parabola. In his spare time, Jones shoots a photograph that he's used for visuals and tools live concerts. The blending of photos and art appear in many large monitors and concert venues, as well as background for the band. The images are set to order in order to appear with specific songs on the set list. Jones draws his own comics, an artistic ability he developed as a young child. An X-Files 30 Days of Night crossover in 2010 was co-written by Jones and 30 Days corrector Stephen Niles, with artwork by Tom Mandrake. So this is um this is an interesting time. I mean, you've got that vinyl box set which is finally seeing the light of day. And then you have the opiate Blu-ray music co combination and um it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because that's what Tool is all about is they what they do is when you see them live and and i've talked to people who have said oh they're really performing for them i disagree with that because they're really performing for the audience they're showing the audience look this is what we've come up with this is our package this is and i can i can understand sometimes why they don't want us to film the time that i saw them before covid in, in 2020 2020 
uh, they had this very strict policy that you couldn't film. And I've talked about this on the show before. And I remember saying to my friend, because we drove all the way from where I'm at to Fresno. And I said, we drove all this freaking way and we can't film. And then I started to realize, oh, okay, you know, someone, someone else is going to film. And lo and behold, they did. And those were the videos that I looked for. The power, <coughs> the power of YouTube and Instagram. You just type in the, the tour where it's playing the venue and all these videos start popping up. So it was good. They let us film one song as they did on this current tour. On this current tour, I'm thankful that my friend and I are both very tall. Well, slight, he's slightly taller. Um, because they didn't, they couldn't see what I was doing. Because I filmed it. I didn't film like every piece of the show, but I would film blips. And then I would send them to my friend who was unable to go to the, the concert because he, his wife was having a baby. Um, congratulations, by the way. Um, James, your wife, um, Olivia. Um, so yeah, that's, I know some people who will probably, who are, I'm, you know, friends with of other podcasts who would probably roll their eyes about, oh my God, he's going to talk about Tool. Well, they are four virtuosos. Fight me on that. (laughs) There are four virtuosos. Um, you've got uh, Danny Carey on drums, who just brings it. Justin Chancellor on bass. I mean, that that's a good rhythm section right there. And then Adam Jones on guitars and, you know, the visual focal point. And Maynard James Keenan on vocals and lyrics. So, yeah, it's really everything kind of ties together. And um, many, many people are loving this, this new take on Opiate Squared. I mean, we can't call it Opiate the sequel, but Opiate Squared. Because it really, it's, it's, you know, when you get a second chance to record, re-record something. And to just put it out there and, um. I'm not going to play any of it because I don't want to get taken down. But I must say that the artwork is very awesome. And the sound, uh, just listening to the the, the song, and it's just one song. It's not going to be, I don't think they're going to re-release Opiate. Maybe, I mean the album, the EP itself. But that song alone, that really, I I know the fans are complaining, the prices. Well, the Opiate Squared Blu-ray is eh, about $30. And then you're going to factor in shipping, so about $41. Now, the the vinyl, at first I wasn't going to, but I thought, whatever. Because they brought it down. You know, because I think at concert venues it was selling for about $800. That's if it's signed. And then $700, I think, without the signatures. I could be wrong. I could be right. But this is this is a really great moment in visual, you know, music and visuals because it goes together. And what I was saying earlier was is that tool. That's really what they're giving you is they're giving you this package. You're not just going there and you're gonna tap your foot to this song. No, 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 no. And I, and I always kind of I understand that it's a social thing and it's a social event, but 
and this is and I'm gonna call these people out because I witnessed it at, when I saw them in Sacramento when you keep getting up out of your seat to go get a beer you really you really have a problem maybe I should give you a 1-800 number but seriously we're there to see the show if you're not there to see the show then stay in the bar area and socialize but those of us who paid that money to go and I don't want to have to keep getting out of my chair because you you're pissed drunk and then you have to go to the bathroom and then you're going to buy more booze okay whatever and I'm not trying to be a negative person here but seriously you you've just missed a major chunk of the show and that really come on come on they should have a special seating for those who want to just keep getting up and drinking beer 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 i'm so thankful i can't drink anymore i really am <sighs> these visuals are just they're stunning it is truly a magical moment to see what they come up with next not a lot of bands of their era and now the current era really are doing that are really giving the fans some and, and it's not so much for the fans but for the art form itself okay and I, I like I said I, I I wish I could play some of the song for you it is it is haunting it is striking and the visuals I mean I, I think so many of us are, are just salivating it's like oh my god March 18th come come on come on yeah yeah I, I mean I know that I am and I know that many others are and this is this is an interesting time for them. I mean, you know, they put out I think they put out a demo. Their demo was in 1991, and then here we are, you know, 1992. They put out um Opiate, and then the next year they put out their first full-length album, Undertow. So yeah, this is this is really this is an interesting time, you know, and and Tool fans like to complain. I really don't well, it's so expensive. Then save the money. Put it away. Don't buy a beer. <laughs> that's that's my rationale right there. Stop buying your cigarettes. Stop buying your beer. And save up for Tool. Because it matters more, okay? <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to just give a shout out to um, those who are about to bestow upon us this this visual moment. I mean... You know what Adam Jones and and the other filmmakers are doing, and I, I want to notate them because I I am like I said March eighteenth. Don't come right away, but I I mean I'm I'm really I'm really waiting for this. So yeah, here we go. Is this it? Okay. Okay, so we got to give it to Dominic Hellstrom, who did Alien Convent and The Eel. Worked with Adam Jones. We got to give it to Adam Jones. You know, Adam Jones is the is the brains really behind the visuals of Tool. And then Mater and James Keenan for the lyrics, the, the vocals. I mean, I, I was listening to the song, and I thought, how are, how are they going to do that? How are they going to revisit? And, and it's a nine minute epic. I mean, if you've heard the lyrics and you know, and it's about the religion as an opiate, 
and then and then Danny Carey. Danny Carey is just fabulous. The, the drums, the percussions, and then Justin Chancellor. You got to understand. Originally, their original bass player was Paul Demore, and Paul Demore left right after Undertow, right when they were writing the sessions for what would become Anima. So here we are, 30 years later, and Justin Chancellor has really made it his own. So I, I want to just give Justin Chancellor those kudos. I mean, this this is a band where everything is in sync. And I'm not talking about the pop band. I'm talking about everything is connected. Everything is gelling. When you see this band together, there is no there is no pussyfooting. Okay, there is no beating around the bush. They are in it to play it. And I'm going to do a show on the video when the video is released. But this really is for those of us who... And, and I've, I remember there was an article that came out a few years ago saying that being a fan of tools like being a fan of a cult. I disagree with that. I truly disagree with that. You know, and I'm not going to cut other bands up and oh my God, they're better. No, we all, we all have those bands that we like, that we revere. And I'm part of, t I believe it's two groups that pertain to Tool. There, I mean, I, I only joined them because people would go live and play like bass or drums or guitar. And I thought that was awesome. So we've got the... Let's, let's look at some of these groups here. Okay, we've got the Tool group. We've got Tool fans. And, and it's interesting. I, I prefer it when they do live things. Like when people play their own interpretations of a song. And then the rest of the time, they're just, like, bored. They're comparing Tool to other bands, which is, like, stop it. Just stop it. Or they're complaining about this, complaining about that. Okay, well, then go directly to them and, and tell them that. So, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's not one thing, it's always another. And especially with Tool. I remember when I saw Metallica the first time in concert and I'd been a fan of theirs for years and my friend and I are in the elevator and what Metallica does is they they say to the those who have never seen them live to welcome them so people were welcoming us we're in the elevator and this guy says to me what did you think of the show I said it was my first time seeing them live I've listened to them for decades and he's like what did you think and I looked at him and I said well, I'm a Tool fan. And, he, and his eyes got big and he went, oh, you're one of those. I said, yeah, I expect a lot. <laughs> and I intend to get my money's worth. Um, so, yeah, that bo you know, both bands are great. But I've, I mean, the proof's, the proof's in the viewership. I've seen Metallica twice and I've seen Tool four times. So, it's the night show, Unpleasant Dreams, and... It's Tool Tuesday. <laughs> 